0: This being Wednesday night, I promised last evening to, was going to speak, if the Lord would permit tonight, on the subject of the handwriting on the wall. It's a very, all we could put weeks on the subject and then never scratch the surface. But I will try to outline just a little of it tonight by the help of the Holy Spirit. And now I want to read from Daniel, the fifth chapter and the twenty-fifth verse, and it reads like this, and this is the writing that was written, Meeny, meeny, teckel a person. And now may the Lord add his blessings to the reading. And I wonder if our good brother, the custodian here, would just turn these bright lights out. I'm a... Uh, it's beaming right down this way. Thank you very kindly. I can't see the audience, and when I'm talking to anybody, I like to look at him in the face when I'm talking. It just seems more like it's a personal uh, contact with the people. Now we are trusting to our Lord tonight while we just try to take my time and speak on this subject. I know it's a great subject, and it's an evangelistic service subject and not one for divine healing, but it's for the greatest of divine healing. The sickest body that I know tonight is the spiritual body of our Lord Jesus on this earth, so torn up and broke up till it really needs divine healing. Now our subject tonight begins in Babylon. And Babylon was first uh, located, which it is yet, in the uh, Shanghai, and it was first called the Gate of God, Babel, Babel, and later was called Babylon, which means confusion. And Babylon appears in the first of the Bible in Genesis, and it appears in the middle of the Bible. And it appears in the last of the Bible, the last book, Revelations. And being that it's all through the Bible, it must be in existence yet today. And also everything that is on the earth today in the way of spiritual things, such as the Spirit of God and the Spirit of the devil— And all the cults and everything that we have today in the world, they begin in Genesis. Genesis means the beginning. And all those things yet under another name and under another form, but the same Spirit that began in Genesis brings it out, and it's just like a tree growing, coming up to a head where it'll all come to a climax in the end. For the great judgments of God, for he will settle all things, and all that had a beginning will have an end. Just those things which had not a beginning has no end. That's why the the born-again Christian has never an end, because he has eternal life. And eternal life is a part of God's own life, for God is eternal. And the same word, Greek word, Zoe, that says God's life, when Jesus speaks and said, I'll give unto them eternal life, that same word is used again. Therefore, a man being born again, his spirit has been changed and he becomes a part of God, insomuch that he is a son of God. And he's just as eternal as God is eternal because he's a part of God by his birth, spiritual birth. Now, Babylon was founded by a man named Nimrod, who was a son of Ham, a very evil man. And Babylon was once the capital of the world. When this great city was built, there were all the little cities all around it paid tribute, taxes and so forth, to this great city, Babylon. And in there, if you'll read in some of the ancient books such as Hosseth's two Babylon's and many of the ancient histories, you'll find that they had all kinds of curious doctrines in there. They had a woman in there, I can't call her name at this time, and she would find peculiar roots out of the earth and make gods out of them. It's believed that that was the gods that Jacob took from his father-in-law, some of those gods of roots and so forth, just little isms that out of them things sprung these cults that we see in the world today. If you'll notice the nature of them and the nature of these things today, it's the same nature. So Babylon sat just in that great fertile valley there, and it was Surrounded and irrigated by the Euphrates River and the Tigris. And it was a great agricultural center. And Babylon was a great city. And it was approximately about 120 miles around the city, 30 miles each side. That would make it uh, 120 miles around. They say that the streets in the city of Babylon was some 200 feet across. The walls were 80 foot thick and practically 200 feet high. They could run chariot races around these walls with the chariots. And the gates were made out of brass, and those gates then would be 200 feet across. And right in the center of the city sat the palace. And the palace was the throne, and through the center of the city came the great river Euphrates. If you'll notice it, it's the city of the devil, for it's designed after the city of God as a river of life before the throne. And in this city, they had great swinging gardens off the walls around. And it was such a great, mighty nation at the time until it had quit the known world, and all the world was paying tribute. It had progressed further in science, and it had the latest things that science could produce. It had the latest chariots, the latest designs, the most powerful. Powerful armors and best of metals, it was an outstanding to the rest of the world and then, inside these walls, where King Beltasazer was king during the time of this event that we're speaking on tonight, King Beluser, which the Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar, which was his father, but truly it was his grandfather, that he succeeded King Nebuchadnezzar. And many of you remember that Nebuchadnezzar was the beginning of the Gentile kingdoms, the head of gold. And he had went up into Jerusalem, many, many miles away, and had captured the Jews and brought them down into his kingdom, and made them slaves, and they used their scientists and so forth, just like Russia did when it went into Germany. And that's why they got the atomic bomb and so forth. They got those German scientists. That's why they're so far advanced today. They captured them and took them back up there themselves. They didn't have it. But they went and got those things, just like Nebuchadnezzar did the Jews. And we find out that during this time there was a righteous man by the name of Daniel, a prophet of the Lord, was taken in captivity at the time. He had served as a prince over all of the astrologers and so forth, and the wise men and the magis, in the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, and now Balthasar had taken over. Belshazzar was a wicked sort of a man, he just didn't care. And then all the people of Babylon, with uh, such a security as they felt they had, once inside those gates, and the gates closed with 200-foot walls, 80-foot thick, just think of how secure they must have felt in those walls. But just remember this, no matter how secure that science has made you, God will find you out when you sin. There is only one security, and that's in Christ Jesus. Now, as they felt there great importance of being the leading nation of the world, a very typical modern civilization, just like the one that we live in this fabulous America. And I'm kindly disturbed myself that I'm afraid we're taking the same attitude that they took. That we feel because that we have got what we think the best scientists and the best machine guns and the atomic bombs and the fastest planes, and we have tried being the leading nation of the world, we have somehow felt our safety without God. It's a very beautiful pattern. And God never changes. His attitude toward sin is the same today as it was then. And there's no hiding place down here. Only in Christ are you secure. And in this great city, as they felt, there was no way in the world. For an army ever to invade that city. The great high walls and their modern equipment, and they were blocked off from the outside world. But little did they know that a wicked nation called the Medes and Persians, which are now, are the Hindus of India. How little did they know that many miles away was digging a river bed to turn the Euphrates River so that they could march under the walls. When they felt they were secured, all the time they felt that way, if they did feel that, then they went waiting in sin. It seems like that when man gets to the place that he feels that he's self-sufficient, sin begins to take a hold of him. The church, the nation, the individual that feels that he doesn't need any help from outside, sin begins to reign in him. That is true. And we would notice, too, that when people begin to feel that superior feeling, usually sin sets in and cankers them. So when they close those doors, they thought they were safe. But God looks down from the heavens, and sin is a reproach to any nation. I wonder tonight, with all of our Great equipment, and our atomic-controlled submarines, and our jet planes that fly many hundred miles per second—that even a minute that can even pass the sound barrier. But never forget, but what your sins will find you out. And in this time. They had closed the gates, and they thought they would, could just live in reverie as they wanted to, because they were protected. They were the leading nation. All the other nations looked to them for science and for, for help. And so on such a time as that, there was a, this king thought he would have him a great big time, And he set a date that he was going to have a great big dance, or as I would say, a modern rock and roll. No more to it. And so he set the time and he invited all the celebrity, all of the soldiers and the captains and all of the wives and the concubines Now, a concubine is just a legal prostitute. And do you see when man feels self-sufficient that he starts waiting in sin? And he called in the best liquors that he could find for this great rock and roll party that he was going to have. He thought he was safe. He thought there was nothing could harm him because he was saved. And he had this great spree in one of these gardens just behind the palace. And while out there in the garden, perhaps they had decorated it all up real pretty, all the tinsel hanging, and got all of the showgirls And many of the women to come to entertain the soldiers, and their beer and their wines. If that isn't a good modern setup of a rock and roll party today, I don't know where one would be. Exactly. And they got everything ready, and they were going to have a big time. And no doubt but what. Many married women came. Their husbands was left at home as babysitters, while they went out to have a good time. And vice versa, no doubt a mother walked the floor with a sick baby while a drunken husband went out to have a big time. It's just six of one and half a dozen of the other, and I can see them as they begin to drink and to have a big time. And I'd imagine they really struck up the band and had the music and the little teenagers swinging one another and the soldiers drunk, grabbing the women and throwing them over their heads and kissing them and sitting down in the chairs and hooray thinking they were safe. Oh, America, the God that looked down on that drunken rock-and-roll party is looking on you tonight. And what a time they must have been having. And I can imagine this year King, Balthasar, was a modern Elvis Presley. He could do a lot of there fantastics that they had, and all of their carrying on, and not knowing all the time that death laid at the door. So as the party got into good swing, usually just about like a great setting of a modern Hollywood telecast, they thought they would crack some good jokes about religion. About like an Arthur Godfrey outfit or something like that modern today, or some Ernie Ford pea picker cracked some kind of a joke about the preacher, but God still looks down from heaven. but they thought they lived in such a nation that it could not be touched. but you reap what you sow just. Be aware of that, people. Whether you are a nation or a church or an individual, you reap what you sow. And while I can see this king stand up and say, Just a minute, girls, let's have a good religious joke on the preacher and so forth. And all the tinsel of flying and... The young lady saying, be yes, I believe we'd like to hear that. And the young soldiers are carrying on like the teenagers of the day. For this is no more than a modern Babylon. I'm an American. But so did Daniel Brong in Babylon at that time. But that don't excuse sin. Said to a girl one time, Are you a Christian? She said, i give you to understand I am an American. I said, that don't speak nothing. Not at all. I'm glad to be an American, but that has nothing to do to reflect Christianity. Not a thing. If we sin, we're going to pay for our sins. Just be it assured to you. They had a prophet there but they wouldn't listen. They had the message, but they wanted to make fun of it. If that isn't modern America, I don't know it. They got the gospel, the truth, but they liked to make fun of it. So they said, let us go down and get them holy roller vessels and bring them up here and have a good joke out of it. God doesn't permit sinners to make fun of his people. You'll pay for it someday. And they go get the vessels of the Lord and bring them up into the temple and they're going to have a good drink out of the vessels of the Lord. And when they poured their Earl's ninety two or Pap's blue ribbon into it to have a good joke out of it, oh they tipped the glasses and the vessels and begin to drink and laugh and make fun of the religion of the Lord. They were ignorant of what they were doing, and so is this nation tonight. Ignorant of rejecting the message of the Lord Jesus Christ in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and being born again. Though they were religious. Now, that drunken party of rock and rolls, they were religious. Because the Bible said that they praised their gods. So you can be ever so religious and still be wrong. It's right. It's not the sincerity. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is a way of death. So they had a great state church and a religion that they could serve. And they made fun of the holy things of God that's very typical of today, making fun of the holy things of God. They call the people that try to live clean and decent and upright, they call them old fashioned or holy roller or some kind of a scandalous name. And they call the gifts of the Lord. That he's performing the working of an unclean spirit, like a fortune teller or a devil. Oh, how can you escape judgment? The blood of the martyrs call against it. If God doesn't judge this nation for its modern sin. He'll have to raise up Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize to him for destroying them. Right. We are bound for judgment. And these great wonders that you see our blessed Savior doing, they are warning signs that judgment is at hand. And she's combed this nation from side to side from east to west, from north to south. And they spin it, laugh at it, criticize it, write it up in their papers as nonsense. Think of it, modern Babylon. Now, while they were drinking, tipping their cups and drinking, all of a sudden when this great movie Playboy by the name of Balthasar was just about ready to take a drink from his cup. His eyes seemed to bulge out as he turned and looked towards the castle, for he saw coming from heaven the hand of a man. And it began to write up and down on the wall. I want you to notice it wrote on the plaster. Now perhaps the candlesticks were setting out from their tinsel, where they were having their modern rock and roll, and the lights was flickering against the wall. God doesn't do things in a corner, it's right. Under the lights where God speaks and moves so his supernatural handwriting was on the plaster of the wall inside of them all and the king must have saw it first this modern jokester good radio comedian television actor as he tipped the glass to drink or the cup, what he had in his hands, his eyes bulged out and he felt all shook up. I'd imagine he did. The Bible said that his bones come loose out of joint. He surely was all shook up, sure enough. When God begins to show his signs, it's time to get shook up. Yeah. right. And as he noticed his rock and roll song that made him shook up, and then as he noticed this handwriting on the wall, I can imagine the little missus with her lips painted about like, I don't know what. And in her hair all tinseled up and flinging around and with these drunken soldiers, said, wonder what's the matter with the boy tonight. And as she cupped and some young man grabbed her and said, all right, let's dance this next one together, and the music stopped, oh, this great sinful nation. Sometimes your rock and rolls are going to stop if you won't listen to the voice of a preacher. You won't listen to the hand of God in judgment someday, but the rock and roll will stop just the same as the bands did and played Near My God to Thee on the Titanic. Someday you're going to change that tune, and the music stopped, and they noticed their jokester, their their star on the television cast. And he was standing, his knees beating together, as he looked and seen this great thing taking place. Why, he says, all the walls are closed around. I have my guard standing at the gate, my choice man. But you see, God don't have to come in at the gate the way you think. He comes down from glory, and his hand was writing on the wall. And quickly, being in a very modern place, the Bible said he called in all of his soothsayers, astronomers, all the bishops, the doctors and the popes and the cardinals and so forth, and said, Now I tell you, gentlemen. I've given you the privilege to preach and to do what you wanted to do. Now interpret for me that on the wall. But just as it was then, so is it now. They wasn't used to the supernatural. They know nothing about it. They didn't know how to interpret unknown tongues. They know nothing about a heavenly language. And they were dumbfounded they know nothing about it. And as they all stood there, remember, this is the bringing in of the Gentile kingdom. And as it come in under the supernatural, it'll go out under the supernatural. But these bishops and cardinals and great doctors could not interpret the supernatural. they know nothing about it. They looked through all their books of art and they could not find nothing that would compare with that. You see, spiritual things are spiritually understood. And then they were all disturbed and they didn't know what to do. And finally, a little queen Remember, she wasn't at the rock and roll party. And the only way that she knew something was going on, word came to her that the king was all shook up and the party had stopped. She would beg one of the good believers and somehow or another, she had been one who had not forgotten. She rushed into the party And as she seen the modern jokester all shook up and all of his band, she said, Oh, King, live forever. But he didn't know he was dead right then. Said, live forever. I know you're all bothered about that handwriting on the wall. And I see the Pope and the bishops and the cardinals and the doctors of divinity, and none of them can read it. But, oh, King, let me tell you something. There is a man in your kingdom that knows about supernatural. Oh, brother, when we see the handwriting on the wall today, but there is a man. Who knows about it? You might have went to every doctor's office in the city and they told you you've got to die, but there is a man. You may have weighed in sin until your soul is as black as the smutty walls of hell, and you're ready to commit suicide without a hope, but there is a man, and his name is Jesus. He knows the supernatural, and he's in our kingdom, for we are the children of his kingdom. You, there is a man said he knows the supernatural. Four years ago, they found the Spirit of God in him, and he had an excellent spirit. He could interpret dreams. He saw visions, and every one of them was just exactly right. So don't be troubled, just give me a few minutes and I'll get him here. There'll be one day you'll call on him. You might not have no room for him in your house. You're too busy watching television, playing cards, drinking beer, attending rock and roll parties. But there's one time you're going to call on him. That's right. And so Daniel was brought in. And as he was brought in, a preacher of righteousness, a man of God. I couldn't imagine a man of God living in such a place as that unless he had called out against it. But you see, the king had paid no attention to it. That's the reason he was in the condition that he was in. And they brought Daniel. And he said, Why can't your popes and doctors interpret for you? They had nothing to interpret with. So then what taking place? Daniel said, Oh, Beltasazure. You know all these things, they're not hid from you. And I say to America, I wish I could make them at this minute hear my voice. You're not ignorant to all these things. As the nations before have sinned and done what we have done, we are weighed in the balance and found wanting. What happened to France? What happened to Germany? What happened to the other nations who went wine women and big time? It always comes out that way. And we are not immune from judgment. God is just. And he said, your father, how God made him a great nation. But he forgot it. And he'd done the same things that you were doing, and God turned him into a wild beast. said, you're aware of these things, and then you take his holy vessels and make fun of them. Notice, he said, the writing has been set on the wall, and this time your kingdom is numbered. In other words, looky here, fellow, your days are numbered. Your kingdom is taken from you, and give over to another nation, a brutal, godless nation, one that's as bad as they are. God makes sin fight sin. I wonder today, right at that same time, may I say first, when he was standing there watching that writing on the wall, Little did he know that right under the gates, right then, the guards had been killed. And the soldiers were in the streets slaying the palace guards. They were on the steps, and those women standing there away from their babies, away from their husbands and husbands from their wives, all jumped up. Listen to some kind of a modern dancing carry on, and the soldiers was on the steps, and a few minutes, the king would be cut down. All that drunken bunch of men would be cut down by an atheotic, devil possessed nation, and the women would have their clothes stripped off of them, young girls and all, and ravished in the street then picked up by the heels and burst their heads around the walls, chopped them open after they had lived with them in lust, mad, drunken soldiers. It was at the door, for they were weighed in the balance and found wanting. And I wonder today, and all of our modern going on, all the laughing and making fun of healing services laughing and making fun of the Church of the Living God, and going on as the Bible said they would do, heady, high-minded, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I wonder wondering this day, when we think we're so secured, and all of a sudden we find out that Russia is five years ahead of us in science. We've been to too many parties. We've weighed too much in sin. The church is so asleep, it don't care for prayer meetings no more. They're unconcerned. They too put a voice in against the real true spirit of the living God. They won't have them. They're so denomination, so dressed up. They have no time for prayer meetings. There are televisions and picture shows and gadding around on drunken parties and things. That's true. That may sound old fashioned, but it's what the nation needs today. There's too much sissing around with the gospel with rubber gloves on. It's got to be handled barehanded by the Holy Spirit. Truly. Billy Grimm said about a week or two ago in one of his messages, said, this nation can become a satellite to Russia any time Russia desires. Where are we at? You buy Elvis Presley's records and stay home from church to hear We Love Susie one of these days, you're weighed in the balance and found wanting what's happened. There's a handwriting on the wall. The Russians put up a Sputnik that we can control nothing about it. 500 miles off of the earth. And could put a half a dozen of them over the United States in the next 30 minutes and call in and say surrender or be a bunch of ashes in a few minutes. They can do it. There isn't nothing that we can do to stop them. It's in their hands. A bloodless, heartless, ungodly communist. That's what God uses to make sin come to light. It certainly is. If you'll read the Bible, Russia's got to do that according to the revelations. All right? You prophecy teachers might differ from that, but just wait till it's over. Russia is put here for that very purpose. The Bible said so. Now, here she is with the Spuddy. We tried to fire one the other night. We thought we was going to do just as much as they did. Rose three foot off the ground and fizzled out. Too much rock and roll and sin. We're weighed in the balance and found wanting. God be merciful. What are we going to do? What would happen if they'd send those Sputniks up with those missiles and say, Surrender or become a pile of dust in five minutes? Of course our government, to save life, would surrender. That's the only thing they could do. Then what would happen to some of you Americans, all of us in here, not here, but I mean nationally speaking, nationally speaking, you little smart addicts of girls that run along with your little lips painted up like some kind of a rosebud? And would laugh at a preacher on the corner preaching the gospel? And you, little teenager, that think you've got more gumption and you've got intelligence to control? What's going to happen to you, Papa, that sits home at night with Mama and watches the television, while Junior's in the hot rod and sis is down at the canteen somewhere and she's down there doing a rock and roll and you're watching the television? and making fun of the gospel. What's going to happen to you, church member? What's going to be your outcome? You may have your name on every book or the biggest church in the city, but unless you're under the security of the blood of the Lord Jesus, you'll perish with those who will perish. There's no hope for you. What's going to happen? There's a Sputnik up there. And what would happen? The nation would surrender, of course. That's the only decent thing the government could do. Then what happens? Wave after wave of shiploads of soldiers, wave after wave of airplanes would land in this nation. The women would be ravished in the streets. What would you do? It belongs to them. Kicked out of your home, they'll take it over. What will happen to you young girls and you young men and all of you at that time? Sin has to be paid for. No matter what nation it is or who it is it does it individually, our nation, it's going to be paid for. And a bunch of brutal, ungodly, whiskered, jawed, communistic soldiers would grab your wives and ravish them, your young girls, and you would stand and like it. There's nothing you can do about it. What causes that? Because you have listened to such stuff as these television programs on rock and roll and sin and some cold formal preacher not able to interpret the supernatural, the handwriting's on the wall. Why right, we are weighed in the balance and found wanting. When could that take place? Before daylight in the morning. Who's going to stop it? Try, the Bible says it will happen, but let me tell you, that will never touch the Church of the Living God. We'll be gone by that time. So friend, listen, if that thing is so close and we see the handwriting on the wall, there's nothing can stop this thing from happening now. America's been preached to, the supernatural's been done, and continually they wade right on over the top of it. Go to a country somewhere and hold a revival and have forty converts in a week and go back in six weeks, you don't have four. The old pond has been dry. God just has so many He's elected, and when the last one's in, that closes the door, and it's over. Then there's nothing left but judgment when mercy has been spurned. And here we are at the end of the road. The supernatural is being done. It's been laughed at and made fun of. And the last thing, God has come in His own power and His own beloved Son to work through His church, and they say it's spiritualism or the devil. Right. What else can be left but judgment? And here's a handwriting on the wall. But if that is that toast. And any teacher knows that the church goes in the rapture before the tribulation sets in. So if that is that close could happen before morning, what about the rapture? It's closer than that. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. The coming of the Lord is at hand. The writing is written. And it is written in the Bible, and we're living to see it. Will you, by the persuasion of my voice, receive Jesus Christ this hour? Repent and be baptized, said Peter, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and to your children and to them that's far off or there's not another name given under heaven among men whereby ye must be saved. Unless you're Christ, you can be Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, Nazarene, Catholic. You're lost until you become of Christ, and Christ comes into you. It's the new birth by the Holy Spirit. Receive him tonight while we pray. With your heads bowed, I just wonder this. How many in here that knows if this great thing would happen? You may go to bed tonight with your wife, and in the morning she'll be gone. You father and mother may kiss your little ones to sleep tonight, and the morning the little bed be empty. And you run down the street to find out what happened to Mrs. Jones, she's gone too. The rapture is at hand. The Bible is plainly given. And in this meeting, while you have the chances as men of if, if intelligence and women of intelligence, why don't you heed to that call in your heart and say, Lord? God, fill me with that eternal life? Because if your spirit is still an intellectual conception, you're earthbound. But the Spirit of God that come out of heaven comes into your heart. and gives you the Holy Spirit in you. When the tribulation comes, the Spirit, Holy Spirit goes back to its maker and you go with it. No matter how religious you are, It won't go unless there's something in there to take you. How many tonight with your heads bowed, would in the face of this message would raise your hands to the Christ and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And if you should come, I want to go with you. Would you raise your hands? God bless you just all over the church. Literally 200 or more hands up in the air. Sinner, friend, if you've never accepted Christ, would you at this time raise your hand and say, Lord Jesus, be merciful to me. God bless you, lady. God bless you over here. You back there. Someone else, just remember me, Lord. God bless you over here, down here. The Lord be with you. Remember me, oh, Lord. My eyes have just been opened. I realize that maybe I've professed to be a Christian for a long time. But I'll never know what it is to be born again. I'll never receive the Holy Spirit. Therefore, except the man be born again, he will in no wise enter into the kingdom, or cannot even see the kingdom. Would you raise your hand and say, Be merciful to me, O Holy Spirit. And when you come for the church, take me. God bless you, lady. But someone else, remember me. Oh, God bless you, sir. God bless you, lady. Remember me, O God. God bless you here, young fella. God bless you over there, lady. Back there, young lady. Back in you, back there, lady. Be merciful to me, O God, when I see the handwritings on the wall. I'm intelligent enough, say, to see that what has been said out of the Bible tonight, that this is a repeat of history. We're at the end. There's nothing can help. The thing that's going to destroy the world is in the hands of sinful man. There's just a few more. You might be the last one that's ordained to come to Christ. When that last one comes, judgment strikes. Like in one thing yet, that might be you. Will you receive him tonight while we wait? Some 20, 30 hands has been up. Now, we have no place here to make an altar call, to bring the people to the front here, because we don't have any place. But I'm going to ask you, surely, oh, be sincere and listen to the voice of warning. Be sincere and ask Christ right where you're sitting, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner, and receive me ere I pass beyond the veil of mercy. Before I send my day of grace away, be merciful to me, Lord, and he will do it. Now pray like that while I pray with you. Blessed Lord, we're standing in a terrible condition tonight. As we read your word and know that most any hour the radios could flash and the rock-and-roll bands that go to singing near my God to Thee. But it's too late then. Judgment is struck. Missiles are pointed at us. Destruction by miles after miles, by tons after tons of of earth-sweeping atomic energies and so forth that would set the whole world afire. And it's in the hands of sinful man. And the Bible said that that's the way it'll happen. And we see the handwriting on the wall. Oh, Lord God, I'm insufficient to try to bring a message like this to a people, and I feel how little I am standing here to try to handle such a subject. But will you forgive me for my part of not being able to do it, but somehow from my heart I ask you to sink the message the way you would have it into their hearts. For I do see the hour approaching, and be merciful, God, and save each one, and fill them with the Holy Spirit. And may they be your children, divinely wrapped in your goodness, and receive security from the Lord Jesus. For our nation is not secure. We thought we were. So did the Babylonian kingdom think so. But all the time there was a wicked nation working. And there's been a wicked nation working until now. We know that they're ahead of us. And we're at their mercy. Lord, the church is at your mercy. They will destroy, but you will take your church. Oh, Lord, take us into your care tonight and bless us for Jesus' sake. And in his name we pray, amen. Just softly a minute. Be reverend. Softly and tender. we're singing now? Take inventory. On the portal, e waiting and watching, watching for Come up, come up higher. High ye who are weary come home. Oh, wouldn't it be a wonderful time for it to happen just now? Oh, it's all right. Anytime he's ready, amen, I'm so glad to know him. I'm so glad that this old frail body that's swiveling up here will be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. I'll turn back to a young man again to live forever. The old will be young there forever, transformed in a moment of time. Immortal shall stand in his likeness, the stars and the sun that I'll shine. What an opportunity. Don't turn him away. Oh, how you'll want him to say, Well done. On that eternal day, don't turn the dear Savior away from your heart. Don't turn him away. Let this be the night. How many loves him with all your heart. And you're ready if he should come. Oh, how thankful. Don't you feel just like you're scoured out now inside? The gospel, we are washed by the water of the word. Just reach over next to you and shake hands with somebody and say, God bless you. I just feel real good. God bless you, pilgrim. God bless you, sister, brother. We're a wayfaring man in the road, walking in the grand old highway. Telling everywhere I go, I'd rather be an old time Christian, Lord, than anything I know. Now, while we're just in this moment of reverence, I believe it's just a little too late to call a prayer line. Let's, I believe the Holy Spirit's well pleased this great number coming to Christ. Now, you find you a church right quick, be baptized and go into that church, a good, Spirit-filled church, and there remain as long as you live. What is the works that Christ promised he would do? He said, The works that I do shall you also. Then his presence is here. Then I know, friends, I, I know beyond a shadow of doubt that Jesus is here. There's a man here. And it's the same man that walked in Galilee. It's the same man that redeems you by his blood and heals you with his stripes. And he's here to perform and to do everything he did because he is the same Lord Jesus. Now let us pray just a moment, quietly. Just be in prayer while I'm... Trying to find the mind of the Holy Spirit. So, that beautiful music. How the people in torment tonight would love to hear that. The people who's probably sat in the seat that you're sitting tonight, has heard the gospel, and has passed on, is in torment tonight. How they love to take that seat that you're sitting in. Too far gone now. Lord, Thou who made the heavens and earth, Thou who sent the blessed Lord Jesus here to the earth, and in Him dwelt the fullness of the Spirit, and Thou hast said through His lips, I am the vine, ye are the branches. The vine does not bear fruit in itself, but the branches bears the fruit. I pray, God, that you'll manifest yourself tonight in our midst, that these people might know that the message that has just been preached, that come from you, that you're warning us to get ready, and the last days are at hand. There may be sick people sitting here, Lord. Give them encouragement that they might be healed. For we ask this for God's glory Now, Lord, as we yield ourselves to you as the church of the living God, seeing, I suppose every hand in here went up, and I'm going to ask you tonight, Lord, to do something special for us and grant just now that these people can yield themselves in such a way that the Holy Spirit would move through them with such faith, and that I might yield myself to you and you would work through your gifts and prove yourself among us that there might be strangers in our midst. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. He always shows mercy before judgment. I'm just going to ask the ministers to remain there and pray. Let us pray. And now, especially, I've been preaching, and uh, I'm just going to ask maybe you people here in front or wherever you are, just begin to say this. The Bible says that he is a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Well, then, if he is the high priest that was yesterday, he is the same today, then his same performance that he did yesterday, he will do today if he is the same. Is that right? So if he can be touched now, you touch him with your feeling of your infirmities and let him speak back. Just think when he stood around an audience like this. One day there was a man came up called Peter, or his name was Simon, and he said, Your name is Simon. You're the son of Jonas. But from hereafter you'll be called Peter. Who did he become? The beloved apostle. When Philip found Nathanael and he came up, he said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile, in other words, a Christian, an honest person, he said, How would you know me, Rabbi? said, Before Philip called you when you were under the tree, I saw you. The woman with the blood issue come out. He looked upon the audience. They thought that his works was of the devil, and they said in their heart, He is Beelzebub. And he perceived their thoughts. Is that right? Yes. He said, I do nothing till the Father shows me first, and the works that I do shall you also. He has to be if he works in his church, because it is his work. Now, I want to ask you, if in this audience at least two or three people, the Lord, will grant that they'll have faith enough to touch his garment, and he will return back in his spirit and perform just exactly like he did when he was here on earth. Would all of you be satisfied to accept him as your healer? Would you do it? Say amen, if you would. May he grant it, is my prayer. i do you just pray? And if you, how many sick people in here it wants to be You'll Raise your hand. Just everywhere. All right. Sick people that wants to be healed. Now, if there's anybody in this building that I I don't know, no one. And I'm looking at. I think this is Rosella sitting here, the little girl that was the alcoholic that was called out in the meeting somewhere. Been an alcoholic, and the doctors had passed her up. She, When she was called by the Lord, the girl knows, I've never seen her or known of her. And the Lord told her all about her life and her condition, and told her she was going to be well. And here she is, tonight, a trophy of God's grace, an alcoholic to doctor after doctor turned her away, even alcoholic synonymous. I know her. But otherwise, I'm pretty sure that this brother looking at me, sitting right here with a gray suit on, he's the brother that brings us the flowers, I believe, that's right. I can't think of his name now. He was down in my house not long ago with Brother Bose <coughs> Schultz, Brother Schultz. Outside of that, I thought i seen Brother Fred Sofman uh, just a few moments ago somewhere in a building, but I forgot where it was at now. However, he was, it's here somewhere, and I, I don't know no one else. But God knows you all. If you'll just pray and ask God, test your faith, and don't no one move around. Now, be real reverent for the next few moments. Now. Only believe, if you will, and just as reverently as you possibly can for a few moments. Just sit quiet. Just think, Christ promised it. A little while and the world will see me no more. Yet ye shall see me, for I, I, not another, I, is a personal pronoun, I will be with you to the end of the world. The things that I do shall you also." Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that true? It's got to be true. Well, I am very grateful to the Lord. I would, you can raise your heads if you wish to. Right here at the corner, there's a lady sitting right here on the corner, it's a colored woman. Lady, I don't know you. God does know you. But there's that light just above the woman now. She has, if the Lord will reveal to me what your trouble is and what you're praying about, will you believe that it's the Lord Jesus to help you? You must be in trouble or something you're desiring, because there it is. See. Friends, you say, Well, I don't see it. That's possible that you wouldn't see it. I'm looking right straight at it. You say, Well, Brother Branham, if you can see it with your senses, I can too. Oh no. Paul saw that the Jesus in a form of a light, and those who were with him didn't see it. The Magi saw the star, the light that led them, but no one else saw it. It's just far some, it's gifts. The woman has sinus trouble, that is right. You also have heart trouble, that is exactly right. Mm. Listen, your name is—they call you Essie. Mm -hmm. Your last name is Upshire. Mm -hmm. You live on North Cleveland Street. Your address is 1264 That's exactly right. You you touched something, lady. You know you never touch me. That girl sitting next to you there. She's praying too. And she's praying for somebody else. And That's your mother, and she has something wrong in her lungs, and you're some connection with this woman here. You are her daughter-in-law, and your name is Margaret. That's right. And you live at the same place. I see you coming and going in. What do you think about it, sir, the next man sitting there? Do you believe that Jesus Christ be the Son of God? You do? If the Lord will reveal to me what your trouble is, will you accept him? You have stomach trouble. That's right. If that's right, stand on your feet. Correctly. You're a preacher. Of course, you say he's looking at his clergy clothes. All right. Besides that, someone expects you to be a Presbyterian, but you're a Pentecostal preacher. That's right. Mm-hmm. Your nervousness is what made your officer. Oh, it's gone. Go home and be well, brother. Amen. Have faith in God. Just don't doubt. What do you think sitting right here? Yes. Do you believe? You believe me to be God's servant? Or you want something from God? If God will reveal to me what you want, will you believe that the supernatural is being done? You believe it? Just exactly what Jesus would say, all your heart. You have a growth, and that growth is on your hip, that's right. And you also have stomach trouble, it's caused from a nervous condition, that's right. Mm -hmm. Your name is Eva May. Redmond is your last name. You live at a street, 1378 West 13th Street. That's correct. That you might know that I'd be God's servant, that you're a little girl sitting there you're wanting prayer for. That little girl has hemorrhages, and they come on her when she gets excited or goes to crying real hard. That's thus saith the Lord. That little boy's her brother. That's right. The little boy also you want prayer for. He's bothered with constipation. And he's fell off a lot of weight just recently too, hasn't he? That's thus saith the Lord. The white woman sitting next to you. Seems like she's disturbed about something. Do you believe, sister? You believe God? has sent his son Jesus Christ to declare to the Gentile generation that he's coming soon. You have a gland trouble you're suffering with, and also a colon trouble, and you're nervous. You're not from this city either. You're from Detroit. Your number where you live is 12134 Fandler Street. That's right, Detroit, Michigan. You're an Italian. Your name is Viola, P-O-L-L-E-Polomba. Have faith in God and receive what you ask for. What do you think down in this way? Do you believe with all your heart? What about you, little lady sitting there? Do you believe with all your heart? Little lady on the end there. Well, either one of you, it doesn't matter. What do you think? You there with next to her? You believe with all your heart, little mother sitting looking at me? What do you think about it? You believe that the Lord Jesus would heal you of those varicose veins that you have? You do? Maybe you'd think this you'd believe more if i tell you your husband had ear trouble you wanted him prayed for. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Now, do you believe me? You wasn't getting it at first. That kind of woke you up to a thing because you received your healing then. You raise your hand next to her, lady. What do you think about it? You believe that God would make you well? You will. All right. Then your arthritis will leave you. What did you think, sir? You that your hands. You believe God would heal you the heart trouble, make you well? You believe you will? You were sitting looking at him there. You believe too? You want God? You had heart trouble too, didn't you? Yes, and you had diabetes also. That's right. You believe God will make you well, then you can have it. Don't you believe? Have faith in God. What down in here? You, sir, sitting on the end of the seat. You believe? You should. You just been healed. You had foot trouble, didn't you? You believe in the Lord Jesus, but you're praying for somebody else now. That's your brother, and he's in Wisconsin. He just had an operation on his lungs. Half of it was taken out. That's right. You believe? then you can receive what you ask for. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Blessed Lord, we'll see you someday coming yonder in the heavens. We know you're here now in a spiritual body. You've declared yourself perfectly to us. The world cannot read that, Lord. We don't even expect them to because you said they'll not see me no more. But we know that you've got children that can see you. We've got children that know you. And we're thankful for it. And we pray now that you'll sweep over this building with the great Holy Spirit and heal every sick person in here. Just now, get glory to yourself, Lord. May the people not set in deadness, but may they rise and shine and give God-praising glory in Jesus' name. If you believe Him, stand to your feet and give Him praise with all your heart and rejoice. In the Lord Jesus, for he now heals every one of you for his great divine glory. The Lord bless you.